What's up? It's Radio Free Nintendo, episode 123, and I'm your host, Jonathan Metz, back from a week off due to uh, election birthday party crap. Um, and, uh, of course, we have in the studio, <laughs> as it were today, uh, Greg Lay, James Jones, and John Lindemann. Hey. <sighs> Welcome, everyone. Hello. Are you... You guys seem somewhat less excited than I am to be doing the show. <laughs> I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling off, so... You know what they say about absence. I, I'm a little bit subdued tonight, Johnny. I don't know. I'm just... Oh, just it's, kinda, I'm it's just okay. Mellow. I have enough I have enough enthusiasm to for all of us combined, <laughs> Work I'm all sure. day, come in. I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. Before we start on new business, I thought I would kind of let the, the listeners know... Um, some interesting things that have happened to me in the past week. Yesterday, I passed my PhD comprehensive exam. Hotness. So now I'm officially a PhD candidate. Yes, I, uh, I'm going for my doctorate in geekdom. So what's the next step after this, Johnny? Um, I have to like do some research. Okay. And write some papers. Go about some okay. stuff. The next Whatever. Couple years. So yeah. this this was actually to get into the PhD program, right? Um. Or. Not really. It's more of like a status check. It's like a milestone to make sure that you're on the right track, and and ba- basically like you have a committee, and they they listen to your presentation and your kind of your plans for what you're going to do, and you know if they think it's a bad plan or if it's not uh, okay. realistic, they'll they'll kind of correct you, you know, put so, you on a different path. Yeah. Well, so yeah. so this wasn't your actual defense, right? Like your no, big, no, no, no. Okay. The defense will be in a couple in a couple years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're on your way to provide to... an original contribution to knowledge. Is sort that, of, yeah. Um, I hope so. Uh, I mean, as if I don't already every week on this podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> oh. At this point, I'm hoping I can actually finish college um, before my 10-year high school graduate high school reunion. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, it looks like I probably won't. I'll probably be at my reunion, and everybody will be like, "Oh, what are you up to these days?" I'll say, "I'm still in school." <laughs> well, screw that. You can tell them you're like a, a an aerospace engineer slash rocket scientist, and you won't be lying. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually not a rocket scientist anymore, but I used to be. Yeah, that's right. It got old. <laughs> I mean, it gets old. Being no, smart it's just gets not, old. People, it just gets. Boring. It's just not what I wanted to do. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um. Another interesting thing, very, actually very interesting thing that happened to me was uh, this past weekend I went skydiving for the first time. That As you was, can uh, see, he had a terrible accident. That was quite <laughs> psychotic. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I've wanted to do it for a long time, and it was a little expensive. I mean, I did like a tandem jump, you know, so there's no training involved. They just strap you into a guy who knows what he's doing, and... And um, he basically jumps off for the two of you. <laughs> all you all you can do is uh, try not to go into total system shock. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it was quite an experience. I do recommend it. Um, and uh, I'd like to do it again, but it, it'll probably be quite a while before I do it again. Just finances. And, and also I want to have more time to soak it in and get used to the idea that I even actually did it. Um, yeah, and then I was feeling so... Uh, Super confident from from those two things that today I asked out this really hot girl and she said yes. So, wish me luck on that in the near future. Is, it, is well. that a similarly momentous to the other two for you, Johnny? Um, could be. 
<laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to put I don't want to put too much importance on it, but uh, it's it's exciting for me. I don't date a lot, so Ooh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, before we get into new business, I mean, how are, you know I don't really talk to you guys that much outside of the podcast. I mean, how's the fall going? Is are you guys like totally overwhelmed with uh, with games or other things or? Yeah, I well, I, interestingly enough, the one little little event in my life is uh, I got a new job actually. Which oh, is really? which is a big deal because the place where I've worked, uh, I've worked there for nine years now. For as like, long as I've known you, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much like since I've gotten out of college. I mean, I had like a like I had like a brief job doing tech support um, for about a year, and then uh, I got the job at the company that I currently work at. And this so new, are you serving up burgers at the Varsity? No, I'm not actually. It's 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 interesting <laughs> because this is um, this is a, a company that actually does virtual world stuff, which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, I don't know if I can actually drop their name around here. I I won't, but it's uh, so. Are you are you working on Second Life now? Or uh, no, it is third not. Life? It, is, it is not Second Life. I will say that much. Um, okay. But yep, it's it's a similar concept to that um, in the Atlanta mm-hmm. area. So I'm looking forward to that. Is I that s- why you started playing Warhammer? Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> no, that was entirely different. Even though it is it is kind of like a nice segue though, because you know it's <laughs> into into the whole job that I'm going to be doing because it's you know a lot of the same kind of concepts, but. Yep, so I'm looking forward to that. I start actually on December the 1st. So that's Wow, congratulations, man. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And I, I, James, you got a, a new job not too long ago, right? Yeah, a few months back. Um, I, I'm probably not allowed to talk about where I work, but uh, I moved into the position. But two months ago, I moved into the position of software developer. So I, I went through their academy, graduated, moved into software developer. Got stuck on Power Builder Nine, which is considerably painful. Doing um, you're not making games, are you? No. If you ma- if you make games in Power Builder, you're a, you're a terrible oh, person. I, I don't even know what that it, is. It's like so. the worst technology in existence. Oh. And, <laughs> like, what does it do though? Is it for like uh, what? Like, what is it? It's um, it, it's application. It's it's for rapid application development. It, it's basically designed to be integrated with the Sybase database system. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So they're so linked together that you can develop relatively quickly, but they're so linked together it's a pain in the ass to do anything. Okay. But um, I actually have not been bogged down in the gaming glut, although I do have three games, four games, that I'm still going through, because I'm saving up, because I believe I will soon be buying a house. Nice. Wow, nice. Yes, mm-hmm. less than a year out of college, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a dump, though, but that's fine, because... I would have made it a dump anyway, so that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't have to do as much work to make it a dump. It just starts that way. <laughs> and Greg, I'm I'm assuming that your comments will be focusing on football. Yes, I am actually. I'm applying <laughs> for a job. I'm applying for the head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there will be no further discussion anyway. Let's just say it hurts. It hurts bad. And that's Look, that. I, I know about football and pain. I spent two weeks. <laughs> I recommend you start drinking. No. Now. <laughs> Never. I sat through a two week losing streak where both my college and pro team were losing. Mm, so yeah. I'd watch I'd watch one blow it on on a Saturday then watch the next one blow it on Sunday. Alright, well I guess we better actually start the show in earnest with uh new business and uh I have Greg going first. Yep, so it's been a pretty quiet week for games for me, actually. I finished up Order of Ecclesia, I talked about that more last week, so I don't really have any particular appetite to talk about it again. Um, I got a, a new review copy in just today, 
Legend of Spyro, Dawn of the Dragon Uh-oh. for DS. Yeah, I haven't played it very much. I've just that, played like, the tutorial level and stuff. That sounds so, very bad. I don't really have a lot to say about it yet. I may well never have that much to say about it outside of the confines <laughs> of the review. So, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll move on. Um, one thing I do every week is I compile a European release list for the site that I send off to our profiles man. And uh, every now and again, especially at this time of the year, in the torrent of shovelware, there is a title that just shines out and, and speaks to you. And I, I had to share this with you, what probably is almost certainly the single greatest video I, game I title. I should point out for our listeners that if we think shovelware is bad in the States, in Europe it is abysmal. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It is unfathomable Until how bad Until you've seen like, my makeup and my this, and, that. And, and like three of the worst <laughs> shovelware publishers in the world are all in Europe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, and they've it's just bad. recently started branching out into American operations. Can't wait. It's bad. <laughs> but anyway, every now and again, there's something that just grabs you, and I had to share this. This is what I believe is the best title in history. It's called Pass the Pigs, Let the Good Swines Roll. That <laughs> is just, I mean, wow. Oh, my. I, I mean, <laughs> this is from THQ, so it's like not, <laughs> not a tiny, tiny publisher, but... So, <laughs> because Pass like the Pigs Carly... just wasn't catchy enough. No, so is Carly no. going to make sure you get this game? There had to be a... <laughs> oh, I wish. I wish. Maybe they saw Capcom's title for uh, Chop Till You Drop and they said, oh, we can do better than that. Oh, we yeah. can do way better. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time for some European PR there, Greg. You know, you got to yeah. contact them. <laughs> yeah, I would like to let the good swine roll. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Should we? <laughs> that's pretty awesome but um, yeah so uh, other than that actually one really interesting bit of gaming news I wanted to bring up uh, here was that apparently according to Famitsu Donkey Kong Jungle Beat for the Wii is actually going to be more different than you might think um, yeah. it's got like new levels it's got little tweaks to the levels and it's got like a more traditional controlling scheme it's not just going to emulate the bongos with shaking it is going to have motion controls for like punching so I assume those bits where you did like the sort of barrel roll on the on the drums um, would have would have kind of been would will be like for when you're bashing when you get onto a big enemy and you have to sort of keep beating until it dies like that sort of thing will be motion control but yeah but the actual movement is controlled by the joystick. By the joystick, the exactly. So that, that's really quite intriguing. Just change. The fact that it has new content as well is because I think mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago you we say, oh, you know, they could do Mary Sunshine and fix the camera, and I was like, well, they're not going to make any changes that fundamental. But I mean, if you're going to have extra content in something, then you know that could that could well happen. I suppose if they ever did go to Mary Sunshine one day. Yeah, it's it's really interesting stuff. Um, I, I'm very supportive of this. I think Jungle Beat needs to be played by about 20 times more people than have currently played it. And uh, and this sounds like they're actually taking this seriously. I, I was really afraid they were just going to port the game and like, basically do a really haphazard mapping of the controls to, the, yeah. to motion, and that would be terrible. So... I think um, control, controlling Donkey Kong with the uh, joystick is better than banging your Wii remote and nunchuck in yeah, the air all the yeah. time. But I'm really hoping they give you the option to use the bongos if to you play, have Well, especially because it, it has new content now. It'd be really nice to yeah. play that with the bongos. I will buy that like, shit all over again if they let me use my bongos. No, I mean, you know, I barely I paid like anything for Jungle Beat. I got it very, very cheap because it, it rapidly sort of became this... The fairly sort of uh, 
plentiful start, you know, just unsold copies at import stores. Yeah, it was like virtual so boys mo- lying yeah. around. So I'd be more than willing to pay a decent price for it again. And uh, I, I'm just really. Uh, I, do you think they're like designs that weren't finished that they've gone back and sort of touched up and put in, or do you think they've actually made levels from scratch? Uh, I don't know. I'm willing to bet that they probably didn't start from scratch. I feel like they probably are just trying to get this game out there to almost make back what they spent on it originally. Yeah, pretty much. Well, they should. I mean, and, you know, beyond that, it's just, it is a masterpiece. And, um, you know, if whatever they have to do to to get people's attention and get people to actually play it, I mean, you know, shit, I I think they should retitle it Mario Galaxy Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, whatever they need to do to get people to play it, because it's so good. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But it's going to be a catalog title, you know, especially um, over the Christmas season, as a lot of people get Wii's for the first time. Anything with Mario in the title is going to get their attention, and uh, and they'll go pick that up. All right, um, so uh, Mr. Lindemann, you're next up. Yeah, I'm, I'm a victim of the avalanche, Johnny. I gotta say, mm-hmm. um, that's good. <laughs> it's it's great, actually. Uh, there's a lot of stuff. Well, first, I'll start off talking about the the stuff I have on, on Nintendo platforms. Um, I actually got a review copy of Line Rider Two. Now, if anybody anybody that's that's read the site lately, uh, Zach Miller actually he did a review um, of Line Rider on the DS, and he completely panned it. Yeah. And Line Rider Two, it it's Amazing! It's it's amazingly uh, sloppy. <laughs> so I was going to use bad, but it's not exactly bad. It's amazingly it's, terrible. Yeah. Well, the the, the, <laughs> the thing is, it, it was a, it was a flash game, right? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Cause it was a good flash game too. It was, it yeah. was a interesting concept. Yeah. I'm I mean, pretty sure it's a flash game you can still play on your oh, yeah. Wii browser. Yeah. And the funniest thing about Line Rider Two is that first off. You know, I mean, the, the the concept of the game is that, you know, it's all this winter theme and you have a little guy on a sled and you have a certain ramp kind of course that you have to draw out for him. There'll be gaps in it and you just fill in the gaps and you want to get him to the goal, right? Pretty pretty simple concept. As a Flash game, I mean, you can just, you know, for anybody that hasn't played it, it's very, I mean, I can just imagine it's probably a single screen and, you know, your guy's at the left, the goal is at the right, do whatever you can to get him there. Yeah. The funniest thing about the Wii one is that there is five seconds of load time in between each of those screens. Oh, my God. Yeah, so li- literally, you sit there and, you know, like, especially the, the the place where it's the worst is right at the start of the game, you know, when it gives you that really bad first impression. Because, I mean, the, uh, the this, first... This is a DS cart, right? No, this is a Wii game. Okay, but I said, thank God. Yeah. Well, the time on a DS, I would have just... Turn off the podcast and go into a rage. No, it's just well. The thing is, it's it's even crazier on the Wii just because there should be no load time in this game whatsoever. I no, mean, this is the kind of, of game not. where you could you could load the whole thing into onto like you know onto your Wii into the RAM. Yeah, into and, the RAM of it and, and, and t- run it. Like you remember Animal Crossing on GameCube, how you could once the game booted up, you could actually open the uh, case and take the disc out and keep playing it for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is even worse than that because I mean, the game is so much simpler. So you, it's like you know, because it's like you know, you fill in the you, you fill in the gaps in any course, and then oh. you know, you you click the go button, and the guy slides. And he I'm playing goes, it now. By he the goes, way, he goes up to the goal, and uh, and it's like okay, you know, it gives you the, the check mark for beating it, and then it loads for five seconds. I don't even know what the hell it's doing. <laughs> it just sits there and loads. And another thing is that when you install it, 
you have to have a mandatory 128 blocks on your Wii. What? Free. Oh, it's one yep. of those. It's one so, of the, the memory card. Type, uh, sorry, we yeah. do it. Save file just like sets aside. It's mm-hmm. sort of like Smash Brothers, right? Yeah. They, they just assume you're going to create tons of levels. Yeah, and it was yeah, 128 has... for Smash Brothers as well, so that's the kind of ballpark you're talking about. It's pretty it's, big. It's, yeah, and I mean, your actual save game, I think, is four blocks. But mandatory, you have to install this 128 block save game file. Wow. Mm. Did you have to clean the fridge oh. to start playing Line Yes, Rider? I did, my man. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Which is, that's beautiful. Uh, talk about, you know, all effort, no reward. Uh, that's brutal. Uh, <laughs> and here he goes. He's going down the hill. He's going down the hill. He's going down the hill. And he f- face plant. <laughs> all right, so it, anything better than Line Rider 2? Um, what could be better than Line Rider 2? Well, I got Korg DS10 for the for the DS. Which uh, is neat, uh, which yeah. is, you were really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it. Man, it is whew, It's intimidating. I mean, you actually... It's, I, it's I warned instrument. you, man. It's a, it's a musical instrument. It's intense. It's, I'm going to have to sit down and spend some real time with that on the John, if you know what I'm saying. I spent some time on the throne making like. <laughs> He's making referring some... to himself as the third person now. He's <laughs> <laughs> already become a jackass DJ. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, if you're thinking it's something that you can just pick up and start bashing out beats on, I mean, no, it's not. Um, but still, it's very impressive in terms of what, what it can do. Uh, and then uh, off on non-Nintendo platforms, I'm still playing Warhammer. I'm pretty much addicted to that. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. And uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Gears of War 2, Fallout 3, Resistance 2. Holy uh, crap. It's all ridiculous. Of it? Oh, yeah. I got them all. <laughs> I got them all. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I have. No. I was going to get Mirror's Edge, but I'm actually not going to get that just because I have so much other crap. What? Yeah. I'm not going to get oh. that. I assume you mean. For, I assume you mean for now. Yeah, um, you would go back to it, would you? I I might. It's. I, I'll probably wait until I see it cheap. I mean, supposedly the 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 single game campaign is only six hours. So yeah, that's kind of turned me off of picking it up right away. So I think I'm with you. I'll either wait until it's cheaper or just rent it at some point. Yeah. I mean, I really want to play it, but it doesn't sound like the greatest investment. You know. Yep. I like how I've been. Bashed on this podcast before for saying a game is too short. <laughs> and, when and was this? Uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. It just depends. I mean, I think a six-hour DS game is is totally. In fact, I'll, I'm going to talk about one. I just gave it a really high review, but a six-hour, sixty-dollar Xbox game is a little harder to stomach yeah. for me. So it would have to be an amazing six hours. Yeah. You know, I mean, people people bitch about Portal, but port, Portal's 15, 20 bucks. It's even less than that now. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was a full price game to begin with. You know, I mean, so mm, yeah. it it depends a lot. You know. Yeah. It may be an it may be a great game, but that doesn't necessarily mean I feel okay spending full price on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny, I also picked up Dragon Quest Four. They had it really cheap on Amazon. So. Oh, you're so, gonna have fun with that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It might take you a while to get into it. I think the early chapters are kind of shitty, mm-hmm. um, just because it feels really repetitive. It's like once you finally pick up some momentum and you like start to get some good armor, and you, you know it feels like you're kind of figuring things out. It starts a new chapter, and you have to start all the way back at level one with uh, the Oak Club, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oak but w- Club. once you finally get past those initial chapters, and you and you you know you get to the final chapter where like it's actually like 30 hours long, yeah, then it, it really gets addictive. Yeah, yeah, and you know they just announced Dragon Quest V coming to North America they in did. 
February, I think. Yeah, because yep. I was wondering about and, that. Yeah, so uh, it's not taking that long at all. I'm pretty excited about it. That's the, that's the first, the uh, well, that's the one I haven't played. Five and six, and mm-hmm. seven. I don't think I'll ever play seven, but five and six I do want to play. And you are the Dragon yeah, Quest fuck man, seven. Johnny. Yeah, well, I'm one of them. I mean, there's a lot of people <laughs> who like it, obviously. Yeah, there's several million actually. But yeah, yeah, that's it. Cool. Well, congratulations on your purchase, sir. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it was a, it was a big day. I was like, I got it for twenty bucks. It was like their deal of the day, and I was like, holy Dude, that's, shit, that's awesome. Yep, you're gonna get way more than your money's worth out of that. Yep, that's e- excellent. Okay, James, you are next, sir. All right. Well, I already talked about my embargoed video game last week, but since I was giving impressions, it was it was okay. It was okay because I didn't give any sort of review content. I just discussed what's in the game, which I'm can you can you tell us what game that was? That game because I haven't heard it yet. Luminous Arc Two. Yeah, right? Luminous Arc Two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which I said is like the most linear game in existence. <laughs> it's continued to be the most linear game in existence, so I'm not really going to talk about it because it hasn't given me anything to talk about. Um, <laughs> what except for the fact that it appears the amount of voice acting is continually decreasing as the game goes on. <laughs> Front-loaded. <laughs> Which, but based on hearing Nick and Cheza hear it as we, I was playing it during one of Greg's problems last week, it's probably a good thing. Because <laughs> they, were, they were distraught when they heard it. <laughs> but, so what I have been playing is I still have my three 360 games that I'm working my way through. And I'm going on to game number two now. After I gave my disclaimer last week on NBA 2... I mean, um, NCAA 2K8 after... College Hoops 2K8. Damn it, I just screwed that game <laughs> My disclaimer was I screwed it up the week before, so I'm going to screw it up this week just to add on to screwing it up. The game I've been playing the most this week of the three is Assassin's Creed. Word. Which, you're not going to say word in a minute, I feel it's kind of overrated. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not nearly as open world as I made it out to be, because in fact, it, it it is kind of linear. You know, you don't get to just travel the world as you want. You complete a mission, and all of a sudden you're zapped back into this sort of ad hoc, based in the present day story they kind of slapped on top of it. Which mm-hmm. I was kind of disappointed about. I kind of wanted to be able to just go around after I completed a mission and see what happened. Instead, you have to... You- you can go anywhere at any time. Yeah, I know, but it's it's sort of. I like, think that's the definition of open world. So it's of. not. I mean, you don't have to go to the not city the that they tell world, you because open world means you can go explore at any point and do what you want to do. You are actually stuck in the confines of when they zap you out to talk to you about whatever brainwave machine they've got going on. Are are you seriously complaining about that? Those are like five minutes long each. No, when, I, they, I when you go back to the like present it. day, I want to be able to go around and do what I want to do at my own pace. All you have—it's—it's it's basically a cutscene. You go listen to some people talk, and then you go back to the thing. You get on the table, and you go back to the past, and then for the next eight hours or however long it takes eight you hours to do the next about? mission. Well, I'm just saying like you can take minutes. as long as you want. <laughs> it's a lot longer than that, but you can take as long as you want to do the mission. So if you don't want to just plow through the story, you could go off to Damascus or yeah, but or do whatever you want to do. And I want to see. I want to be able to after I complete a mission because the city does go batshit crazy after you complete a mission. I want to be able to walk around and see that. It's, well, you can't walk around because they're chasing you, though. You can walk I around mean, if you don't feel like any need to be stealthy, which you don't really need to be because you're still like crazy badass. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, I kind of felt well, like... Well, you'll, you'll find that it gets a lot harder, though, later on. Like, the guys who chase you, they're a lot smarter, and they do a lot more damage yeah, the when first they actually guys are, hit you. Yeah, the first so. guys are morons. But I, yeah, I'm, they are. I'm but it like does get more challenging, five, for sure. I think. I'm part of the way through the fifth assass- fourth, fifth assassination. Mm-hmm. And, like, it still it feels like they'll randomly decide, hey, this guy's an assassin because I'm riding my horse fast or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like I I'm, think the speed thing's pretty annoying. Like, yeah. you know, they don't like you to be running or they don't like you to ride your horse faster than like the slowest possible yeah, speed. Yeah, it's like I walk That's I, annoying, but I walk past when you're actually horse. in the city, it's it's not so bad, I No. Think. I walk past my horse on regular speed. They're like, "Get him. He's a murderer." But Yeah, but like when I'm out in the in the countryside, I would pretty much just ignore the guys. I, yeah, you know, you I was just like, yeah, "Come on and chase me. Like I'm going to get where I'm going before you catch up with me." Yeah, anyway, that, that so. is really ridiculous. But in the city, they don't they usually don't care if you're climbing up a wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that seemed weird to me, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just feel like the game would put more would be cool if it put more emphasis on stealth. I mean, it's still fun. I just wish, you know, you could complete some of these kills without basically having to kill all their bodyguards. Yeah. Well, you can. I well, mean, it is it is possible like I actually did one ass- one assassination um where I didn't kill any of the guards basically. I climbed into this uh like sort of like miniature fortress that the guy was standing inside of. You know, it was like a little market, but it had walls all the way around it. I climbed up one of the walls, got inside of it, hung down, and basically did like a drop kill where I dropped on top of him and stabbed him with my knife on the way down. He never even saw me. Yeah, and I actually got an achievement for it on the 360. Um, but, uh, I mean, you don't have to like plow through their brute force style and kill everything. It is definitely possible to uh, to kind of sneak in there and do it a different way. Well, because I think a good example was it's harder was the doctor, where you have to go into the uh, Templar hospital and kill him off. And I feel yeah, like yeah, I don't think you can do that one very stealthy, but no. maybe there is a way. Like it feels like it should be set up to be stealthy though, because there are like eighty thousand fucking guards in there. But if you come <laughs> anywhere near the guy, he announces you're an assassin. It's like how does he know? He reads. M- yeah. But the amazing thing about that game though is. He can see that, but if you're walking with clerics, despite the fact you have a big-ass sword hanging out, nobody asks any questions. <laughs> Every time I do that, it, it makes me laugh. Like There's oh, a yeah. certain um, suspension of disbelief, I think, in Assassin's yeah, Creed. Well, that's, yeah. that's how it was back then, man. It was like, you know, don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. You know? see, I kind of wish, <laughs> wish it was more like, uh, like Thief, the Thief games, where it was, it was not in your best interest to go one-on-one with somebody. Mm-hmm. It, like... If you got caught, you were you were a dead man. Because that's kind of what I was going in expecting. I mean, it's it's still fun. I just I just wish it wasn't like if I hold down the R trigger and then press A when they swing their swords, I win every battle. Which would be the parry move. Yeah, um, it's not necessarily that easy, especially later on with some of the bosses. You can't just do that. Oh all yeah, time. the bosses you can't but, do that too. You have to just pound on yeah. them for a while. But one th- one thing you should uh, you should try. This is really interesting, and it's a good skill to learn for for late in the game because it's all it's extremely useful towards the end. Is doing counterattacks with your hidden blade instead of your sword. Yeah, I've done them a couple times. It's it's really challenging because you can't actually block attacks, so you basically get one chance, and if you miss, they're gonna hit you for a lot of damage. Yeah. Um. But the and the timing, you know, is is not easy. But if you get it. 
you kill them in one hit, yeah. and it looks awesome. Yeah, because he so, jams the knife into their foot and then slashes up their body. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. The throwing knives were kind of stealthy for a while, until I realized that most of the time I'd end up hitting some civilian. <laughs> like, I was just, I was in uh, Damascus, and I was just throwing them at guards as they walked by. Like, just, just to be a jackass. I'm just right there. <laughs> what a surprise. Boom, boom, boom. And I, every time I'd hit, like, some civilian who walked in front of it, I'm like, couldn't you see there's a knife coming at him? God, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid unvan- Uncanny Valley bastards. I killed, like, seven <laughs> civilians before I hit one guard. <laughs> wow. Game does not like that. You're not a good aimer, uh, apparently. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a good game, but th- there there are some things about it that I just kind of wish were, I don't know, a little bit more assassiny. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel because I I feel like they're going to be keenly aware of those criticisms that people were making about it, and I'm I'm hoping they kind of go the extra mile, you know, and and really kind of take it up to the next level and do a much better job. Because I mean, it, you know, it's not nearly a flawless game, um, but for me that for me the the uh, quality of the experience it just had like this overall really amazing feel to it that I'd never I'm not sure if I've ever played a game quite like that before and uh and it just really grabbed me and i love the story of all the present day stuff and going back and trying to like kind of solve the mystery of why are you here and what are they going after you know just where am i and what's going on here i mean i love that stuff so i don't know i, I, I do know i do want to note though their eagle eye technique they they not only did they steal the graphical style from twilight princess they even used the same sound effect of going in and out of it <laughs> the whoosh. Yeah. It, it is. I was like, wow, this is just like Wolf Sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, okay. Well, the Anything o- else? Yeah, the other... I've already talked about two of the games. I'll, I'll name the third game. You all can talk about it if you want. It was uh, Crackdown. Yeah, you can talk about it next week. Okay. Which I've been trying, yeah. to, trying to catch when you're online and get you to play it. Both oh, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just... Yeah, send me an email or find me on AIM is the best thing. And uh, All right. Because I'm I'm not on I haven't been on Xbox Live very much the past week I've been well you'll you'll hear why in a sec, um, but I, I would like to play co-op in that but I'm at the I'm at the end of the game I beat it so it might yeah. be a little awkward if you're really early because John I, I and I had that problem when we tried to play yeah, I, yeah I'm I'm in the third part of the city already oh okay you'll, yeah yeah I you'll be okay through the first two parts and then had to go back and sort of level up a little bit and yeah. the other thing I've played the last thing it was the Mirror's Edge demo which if you can, if you get good at it, is two and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. It is a fast freaking demo, but yeah, it's it, fun. It is fun. It is a fun I like demo. It. I I am yeah. very excited about that game, even if it is six hours, because I have a feeling I will sit down and play it straight through multiple times and just in one sitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just the kind of thing I do. That's the kind of games I enjoy playing. It's it's very different. It's, I've never played anything quite like that. Well, I think yeah. it I think it has a time attack mode, doesn't it? It does have a time attack mode, yes. Yeah, which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense if the game's pretty quick. Yeah, but I think it's a level-based time attack mode, not like a whole game-based. Really, that kind of you know, sucks. I, that sucks. I, I think it is sort of like, yeah, partitioned out yeah. sequence by sequence. But I read on Penny Arcade today that if you pre-order the full game, you get a, a code to unlock the yeah. time trial in the mode demo. in the demo. Yes. Yeah, I got that, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, yep. nice. Well... Even though, oh, so you did got the, you got the code and then you canceled your pre-order, yeah. so you get the super demo nice. without actually yeah. having to pay anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, nice. that's yep. sweet, dude. Mm-hmm. Nice, well played. Thank you, thank you. 
I, I do think that game is going to be awesome, though. I really do. Yeah, I'm I'm eager to play it for sure. All right, so I'm going to wrap up new business, and I've got two weeks' worth of stuff here, so bear with me, but I'll, I'll try to go fast through this. Um, I'm reviewing Sam and Max Episode 1 for the Wii, and um, I was really looking forward to trying it. I do like um, you know the old PC-style adventure games. We, we had a whole feature topic about it once, and um, I never played the original Sam and Max, and I never played these when they were on PC, but you know it seems like a really good fit for Wii, and, and I do like that kind of game. And uh, I have not been loving it so far. Let's put it that way. I, what? F- the first couple episodes really are not very funny at all. Oh. I think it's like really shitty writing. It's just like, it's like very bland, kind of like 90s sitcom kind of humor. Um, I mean, you know, if I was 12, I might think some of it was funny. But I, as it is, I just don't. Um, the weird thing about it is that everything has voice acting. Yeah. Everything oh, in yeah. the game. It's just... You spend so so much time just sitting there and watching the characters talk to each other, and um, I mean, you know, like a large portions of the game are basically dialogue menus where you go through. It's almost like Bioware style, where you're going through this, you know, four layer deep menu of dialogue options, and you have to figure out the correct sequence to say these things to solve a puzzle. And it's all and spoken. And every single thing you choose is all spoken. Oh. And I mean, in some ways, it's impressive how much voice acting is in there. But, and it's not that the voice acting is bad. Some of the characters are a little grating, like these soda popper kids. They all they all yes. have like really high pitched, squeaky, intentional, terrible. Yeah, it is intentional. It's also obnoxious. And when you've listened to them for an hour, it's just too much. It's just like I I just start skipping the dialogue. Seriously, um, but um, I don't know. To me, the fact that they talk so much it really slows down the pace of the game, and and it it brings so much focus on what they're actually saying and the problem there is that the dialogue really isn't that funny i mean every now and then they say something that's pretty funny but that's like you know that's um there's so much padding in between the jokes because they have to say everything they have to move the plot forward with just pure exposition you know they just have to describe every single thing in the environment that you click on and um most of it's really not that funny so it just feels like the game just drones on and on. It just never shuts up, kind of like me sometimes. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't, I just don't want that in a video game. Um, and uh, I was talking to Chris Kohler about it because I, I know he's a fan of this series, you know, and, and of Telltale Games. I think he's a pretty big fan of the Strong Bad stuff on WiiWare too. Um, and I said, like, can you explain to me why people like this? Because I'm I'm not really enjoying it so far. And he said, well, which episodes have you played? And I said, I just finished the second one, so I've played the first two out of six on, that are on the disc. And he said, okay, well, those are definitely the worst. And yeah, uh, so he, recomm- he recommended that I skip forward to the fourth one, which is Abe Lincoln Must Die. That one is funny. Um, yeah, and it is by it is a lot funnier than the first two. I mean, I, I don't think it's hilarious, but I think it does have its moments. And overall, it's just kind of more fun than the first two. So I skipped the third one, and then he also recommended I play the fifth one, um, be, uh, which is like Reality 2.0, because he said it has a lot of jokes about the internet and yeah. video games. Yeah. So I'm going to try that one too, and I think I'll probably review it after that point, but I mean, it, it could very well be that my review basically says, like, the first half of this season sucks, and the second half is a lot better. So the nice thing is, it just gives you a menu at the beginning. You don't really have to play the first couple episodes if you don't want to. 
Um, I definitely would not play through them again. I really did not enjoy them at all. I mean, I just I just forced myself through them. Um, but um, it does seem to show signs that it gets better towards the end. So I'm not as down on it as I was a few days ago. Um, but uh, oh, and the other thing I should say about it real quick is that the Wii port of it blows. I mean, does it? It is technically it is a giant turd. Um, the graphics are pretty bad. I mean, I think they're the same as they were on the PC. It was never meant to be like a, yeah. a you know, a beauty queen. No. But it's like two years later. Now it's on Wii. Um, it looks really dated. And not only that, but you know, I. I don't have a huge problem with that, but I do have a problem when this thing is pushing pretty low quality graphics and the frame rate is still going nuts. Are you I mean, serious? it runs, <laughs> yeah, it runs really poorly. Um, and the other main thing I have is that, um, well, the uh, the movement where you kind of like click to, to you know to move the characters from one place to another, the the pathing on that is really terrible. So like, if you click somewhere and the game's not really sure exactly where you want it to go like if I if instead of clicking on the floor I click on the wall right above the floor instead of kind of you know just projecting that down to the floor and saying okay he must have wanted us to go over here in this general area the characters will run completely the opposite way oh yeah they did that the PC version and it drives me crazy it probably wasn't it's really bad it's version. way worse than Zack and Wiki way worse it probably wasn't as bad in the PC version because it was mouse controlled versus the Wii remote well I mean they really aren't that much different. Um, the problem is the Wii remote's a little bit less precise. Right. But I, it, the the control method is completely independent from what I'm talking about. This is a programming issue. The characters just yeah, don't. They don't know where you're trying to tell them to go, and uh, they're just. It's really stupid um, character movement system. But yeah, the the game has a lot of technical problems, um, like weird little pauses for it to load up the next piece of dialogue when you click on something. It's just totally inexcusable presentation. It's just really badly programmed. But it has some redeeming qualities, so I'm going to play it a little more before I, I write my review. Um, the other game I, I did finish my review, I posted it today actually, the day we recorded this, um, is Spider-Man Web of Shadows for DS. And um, I've I think this is a third Spider-Man game for DS that I've reviewed. It's the sixth one that's been released for DS God. in in five years. Um, you know what we really need? And <clears throat> a Spider-Man game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is by far the best. In fact, I would say this is probably the best Spider-Man game that's been made in years well, of, for any system. Well, it's really good. How far back do you mean years? Because if I recall correctly, the one for the second movie was supposed to be pretty good. It is uh, that you know that was one was on GameCube and uh, it's it's very unpolished but the design of it is really fun um, and uh, and I like that one a lot I still I pull it out and play it on my GameCube or, or on my Wii every now and then but um, this one is great I mean it's a 2D game um, it's strictly 2D game with like sort of 3D graphics but um, it's it's designed exactly like a Metroid game so it's about nonlinear exploration. Um, upgrading your abilities so you can get to places that you couldn't get to before. And um, how, how does one upgrade their spider sense? Get bit by more spiders? <laughs> no, you're not really upgrading Spider-Man's powers, and it, it, it's not like he starts out as Peter Parker and you collect powers and he becomes Spider-Man by <laughs> the end. Spiders. He he starts as Spider-Man, but can you like upgrade your grandparents or your, or your aunt and <laughs> uncle, whoever, or aunt, like, auntie Em or whoever it is? 
That's funny. Aunt May, um, you, are, you are seriously cramping my style. No, but the way it works is like, um, you know, like in the beginning, um, there are all these big, big items that are blocking certain areas, and your web isn't strong enough to pull them off, but you get an upgrade and your web becomes stronger, so now you can pull them off. So it, most of the upgrades that you get don't really change what you can actually do. They just kind of let you get to a place you couldn't get to before. But um, the uh, the game is just so much fun to play. The controls are absolutely excellent. Um, really fast, really smooth. How, you can how, pretty much do anything that you would want to do. Like, if you're controls? hanging on the ceiling, and it controls with the buttons. There's, like, uh-huh. no, there's almost no touchscreen. It's just for this little mini game when you die. Uh, that's the only <laughs> touchscreen stuff. Whereas Spider-Man 3, which I reviewed last year on DS, was controlled entirely with the touchscreen. Yes. So this is this is a different developer. It's a totally different kind of game. Um, but uh, it's it plays exactly like Metroid, except even faster. In fact, a lot faster. Well, that's um, not because Spider-Man, I mean, he just really well, you know he moves. Quick, I think. I've always thought zero, what? zero mission. I always thought zero mission played pretty quick. So if it's quicker, than it that, does. Then, yeah. It does, yeah, but it's even faster than that because instead of just running and jumping, you can just shoot a web and just pull yourself across an entire huge room, you know, or you can just, if you just want to traverse um, a horizontal area really quickly, you just use the web swing, you know, and you just, it's very easy to get from one place to another. So there's a lot of backtracking, but it's very pleasant backtracking because it's actually fun just to move from one place to another. So, uh, so does it have like, uh, does it not have teleport rooms like Castlevania usually does? No, it doesn't. Basically, eliminate certain amount of backtracking. No, it doesn't have anything like that. But you can get from one side of the game to the other in probably less than a minute, yeah. maybe maybe two minutes. So, and you would never, you don't, you don't need to go that far usually. So, um, and like I said, even, you know, even though it does take a little bit of time to get around, cause it's a very, it's a very open environment, you know, it's not just like, there are no stages. It's just this huge map that you're exploring, sure. like in, like, you know, in Symphony of the Night or whatever. Um, but he moves so quickly and it's actually really fun just to go from one place to the other. And the other thing is there's a lot of combat and the combat is really, really well done. I usually hate fighting in Spider-Man games cause it's just like, this, it's just like the same three-button combo over and over, and then you use some special move or punch, whatever. Punch, 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 fall. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it's lame. But in this one, um, the the uh, the uh, attacks are a, a lot more varied, um, and you actually have to use pretty much all of Spider-Man's attacks because the enemies get harder, and they and not just harder, but they the enemies move in different ways. Some of them are flying. Some of them kind of run at you very quickly and knock you down. Some of them sort of gang up on you. And so as they combine these enemies in different uh, in different combinations, you kind of have to get pretty creative with how you deal with them and how you prioritize the enemies. And, and what that means is you pretty much have to use all of his moves. Um, and uh, the great thing is the moves, like, I mean, you can web swing in the middle of combat and, and kind of just, like, swing into guys and knock them down. And, you know, you can launch a guy up in the air, hit him a few times up in the air, and uh, and as he gets knocked away, you can shoot a web line at him and pull him back to you and keep beating him up in the air and basically juggle him in the air. Or, and then once you finish with him, you can shoot a, a zip line back down to the ground and go through another enemy and knock him out too. So you can use all of the mobility um, abilities and mix those in with the actual combat ability. So you're doing all this stuff kind of at the same time, and you're kind of just creating your own fighting style. And um, it's 
really surprisingly fun and addictive. Um, it didn't seem like something I would enjoy, but uh, the combat itself, I mean, but it is actually really fun. Yeah, I mean, I thought it would be a, a complete turd, to be honest with you. Just no, it's actually uh, it's probably one of the best DS Johnny, games right? I've played all year. No, I requested this, because I read um, when Neil went out to the Activision event, he basically said it's like Metroidvania with Spider-Man, and I was like, that sounds good to me, so I figured I'd give it a try, and it is one of the best DS games of the year. It really so is. You're saying when I go out to an event, I need to say, "Yeah, this game was great." Just see what see what poor slob picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good way. I mean, I can only go on your word. This but is if the you're best lying game to me, I've ever you're played. lying to the readers, and in that yeah, case, just you make be fired. sure he's not. Just make sure whoever you're going off is a vindictive soul like James, who <laughs> <laughs> still sort of who apparently still holds King of Clubs against the Galaxy or whatever. <laughs> Guys, that guys, was... there's this awesome game called Pass the Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Let the good swine roll. Let the good swine roll. It kicks ass. It's like Metroidvania. <laughs> <laughs> With pigs. With pigs. Uh, and passing them. <laughs> okay, well, um... I'll I'll speed up for the for these last three games. Um, but, but um, I played through uh, episode two of the Penny Arcade Adventures, and it's awesome. I don't know if if you guys have gotten around to it yet, but it's so fantastic. Um, it's uh it's not that much different from episode one, but it is improved in a few few little tweaky ways. Um, but uh, I love the first one, so I didn't have that many problems with it. And and this one's a little bit longer. The writing I think is probably even funnier. Um, it's just great. Um, what's the, uh, and, what's uh, the subtitle of that again on the rain slick precipice of pretension? Of darkness. Oh, <laughs> it's, that's the thing. It's intentionally pretentious. I yeah, mean, it's, I it's ironically pretentious. So, yeah. It's it's so funny, dude. There's no, there's really nothing pretentious about it when you get into it. I mean, yeah, sometimes, I mean, when you get into a battle, these, you know, you always have like this big message that that grows out of the middle of the screen, kind of announcing the battle. Sometimes it says big words, and sometimes it just says "oh fuck." <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. It just like little tiny things like that will crack you up even halfway through the game. You think you've seen everything it's got and. And you haven't. So um, the writing is fantastic. I mean, it was it was pretty brutal playing that and Sam and Max at the same time and going back and forth between them because the writing in Penny Arcade is so much better. It's so much funnier. It's so much more consistently funny. I mean, the the humor is so much denser. You know, like in Sam and Max, in the course of like a five hour episode of the game, I might laugh twice. And in Penny Arcade, I'm laughing pretty much once a minute every minute that I play it. So it's just much, much, much better. Um, anyway, um, I downloaded Rotohex, and I I kind of like it. It's really simple. It's one of the art style things. And um, at first, I I didn't know what I thought of it. Like it seemed really hard at first, um, and I didn't I didn't last very long. But then playing it two or three more times, it kind of clicked very quickly for me. And um, I've gotten pretty good at it now. I can play for a good ten minutes before you know before I start to. You get to get close to dying, um, and uh, I think it's it's really simple, but I I feel like it's definitely has more depth and is better designed than something like Cubello. I think it's a lot better than that. Oh, um, yeah. Well, we we it's, it's the less flashy, but 
Yeah, yeah, I'm glad. And actually, you guys are getting not only the art style stuff, but uh, World of Goo on WiiWare also. So you're not going to have to that's, that's to pay right, out yeah. the ass for I a mean, disc. I mean, I probably, I probably would have paid for the retail version, considering the high praise, and it would supposedly would have had extra content. But yeah, I mean, it's probably for the best. I don't doubt that. They they say they're hoping for December, but you know, with Nintendo schedule, you never know. Whereas with the art style games, <laughs> they've been they've been announced by Nintendo because obviously they're publishing them. Uh, but it's it's nice to see them pu- publicising it because they had a website and everything like an interview with the guys from Skip and uh, NCL. Oh wow! You know, and that's they, way they, more they, than we got in America. I, I know mean, America, because it, it was literally like Orbient came We're like, out. What is this? Yeah, people didn't even know for sure what it was until they pl- played it. Thought, oh, hang on, this is Orbital, isn't it? You know, something mm-hmm. born. But it's nice that it's getting publicity, and they say that you know, dependent on the success of these games, that there may well be more coming. We know there's more coming for the DSi as well, so it's it's pretty exciting. It'd be nice to see more original ones as well, like Cubello. Yeah, you know, perhaps a little more. I hope they're a little better than Cubello, but um, Mm. I, you know, that's the thing with these these little tiny experimental games. I mean, they're so cheap. And they're so fresh and interesting that it doesn't bother me that much when one of them isn't great. You know, like Cubello, yeah, I don't sure. regret downloading it. I, you know, I probably will play it again sometime. Um, I, I don't mind taking a risk on it. If they're taking a risk, I'll take a risk. You know, sure. it's not a big yeah. risk. It's six bucks, a little more for you, but. Um, it's you know it's actually yeah, equaling bring, bring up rapidly on. with the <laughs> madness in the currency market. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, the last game I'll talk about very briefly because I just started it today is um, I borrowed Dead Space from a friend, and um, are you scared I'm, yet? I've been no, I, I'm not really finding it scary, but it, it is pretty much Resident Evil Four in space. So I don't know why they didn't just call it Orgasm the game. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm that's not very excited. And, and, and little known things, John. A number of things that end in four have been set in space. Critters four was set in space. <laughs> Leprechaun four subtitle Leprechaun in space was set <laughs> in space. So you know, it kind of oh, makes man. sense. That Re- I think I think the point is Resident Evil four should have been set in space. And yeah, it I think Hellraiser four also. Um, God, set that's in space. good. That is good. I had forgotten <laughs> that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best one. You have met your match, Leahy. Now yeah, fight. I, have, uh, I, I thought I'd know. It's kind of like, it's far less obvious than the whole third ones being in 3D, apart from Freddy 6. But it's <laughs> like a <multiple> <laughs> uh, Alright, um, so anyway, yeah, I, I haven't played a lot of it, but it's it's really good. I can already tell. It's just a very well-made game and ver- a very interesting setting. Um, and... Uh, it just it pretty much plays almost exactly like Resident Evil 4, which is that's awesome to me. So um, <laughs> I'm really excited to play more of it. Yeah, but uh, that's all I've got. Uh, thanks for your patience. <laughs> I know I had a lot, but I had to catch up a little. Um, and so now we will take a little break. You get to listen to some music. We get to go pee, and we'll be back with uh, DLC Mondays and your listener mail. Thank you. 
Okay, we're back with DLC Mondays. This week we have one Virtual Console game, but it's a doozy. Mega Man 3 for NES. 500 points of pure love and goodness. James, this is your favorite, isn't it? Uh, no. It's it's def probably my second favorite after 2. So, um, it... Okay, well anyway, Mega Man 3 it, it is awesome. It's the first game where Mega Man could slide. It's an introdu yeah, it introduction of Proto Man... Um, yeah. Really good levels, and definitely my favorite music of the entire series. Actually, probably some of my favorite game music of all time. Hmm. Um, it's it's pretty badass, yeah. And it's hard, of course. <laughs> Fucking Magnet Man, dude. Okay, well. <laughs> Still can't yeah, sleep at night, John? Um, <laughs> um, there's also Brain Challenge for WiiWare, a thousand points, and this is clearly the downloadable content of the week. Yeah, well, it's from GameLoft. They continue yeah, their uh, robust support of the platform, um, and it's probably another adaptation of one of their cell phone games. But you know, I I'm surprised that that um, Nintendo hasn't already put some kind of uh, Brain Age, you know, well, it's, I game think they're on holding it back for the DSi. Well. Those are ports, but I, you know, I'm surprised Nintendo didn't come out pretty early on with, you know, this is our special WiiWare edition of Brain Age, you mm, know, with different yeah. different games, and it costs ten or fifteen bucks. They would have sold a ton, and especially if they're trying to get WiiWare out to, you know, the blue ocean market, who currently aren't really buying very many things from the Wii Shop channel, that would be a good way to do it. I don't well, know. Well, they did take Virus Buster from Brain Age and put that on there, so. That's true. <laughs> That's about as well, close they haven't as they haven't done a whole lot with. Uh, no, they've the done very little at all, really. Um, yeah, so WiiWare. I, I yeah, think maybe they're just sort Nintendo of. Nintendo themselves have yet to actually develop a game for WiiWare. Yeah, yeah. even the even the art style stuff is developed at Skip. Well, um, um, Virus Buster. Not a Kira, no. or is it, is oh. it Kira or Rika yep. or something? Okay, they, um, they developed Endless. I think it was Arika. Yeah. Your Pokemon, yeah. Yeah. Pokemon Ranch. That's not them. Mm. It's not Nintendo either. That was a different company too. Hmm. Yeah. No. Yep. Nintendo has not actually made anything for WiiWare, and um, I don't know. I, I'm anyway. I guess my point is um, this brain challenge thing is kind of filling a niche that hasn't been filled already on WiiWare. So uh, good to them. Uh, and uh, filling another niche is yummy, yummy cooking jam for WiiWare. Also a thousand points. <laughs> that seems to be some kind of some Name kind of, of mini game thing, or it might be sort of like Diner Dash. I'm not totally clear on exactly yummy, what yummy the gameplay is jam, like, huh? but it's a, it's kind of a cooking motion gesture game. Maybe it's sort of like Cooking Mama, but um, again, it's I think it's the first cooking game that we have an eating game on WiiWare, but I think this is the first cooking game. So oh, uh, yeah. it's kind of it's kind but of nice to see some, some new question. kinds of games. <laughs> major league, yummy, yummy cooking. Does, does it have that endorsement? By the way, I think <laughs> I think when we got the press release for uh, Major League Eating, I think I might have accidentally replied to all, including Mastiff. Holy shit, this can't be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. hopefully they I think they... it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's your DLC Monday, but um, time for listener mail, and I want to thank everybody for sending in some great questions and comments. Uh, yeah, we actually we have more than we can read this week. So. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it's it's really been flowing in the past few days, and uh, I'm but very that happy. Doesn't to see mean that, it's so time really... to slow down now. 
Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll it'll go in waves and everything. But you know, even on One Up FM, they had to ask people to send in more emails because they're running out. So it's doesn't make me feel bad to to beg and plead. And, oh, uh, I pleaded. I, 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 there was pleading <laughs> last week. There was pleading. <laughs> please, for the love of God, send us emails. I'll do that right now. Just yeah. please, All right, well, we've, people, for the children. We've got four this week, and uh, and and we should have a, a good group next week too. So uh, please keep them coming in, and we will provide you with consistent answers so, to your so before burning we start, questions. John, you have the second email. I realize that. <laughs> Thank you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. What would I do without you, James? What does it start All with? Right. Just so we know you found it. It's uh, well, Greg Sophia. has the first one. Yes. <laughs> so why don't you? Yeah, why don't I you get us started? If they've uh, finished their little <laughs> childish exchange, um, this is <laughs> actually from. It's actually from Greg from Virginia Beach. Assuming that's not a typo. It says uh, AKA the North Sea on our forums, um, and he writes, "Hey RFN, I discovered the podcast a few months ago through iTunes. It's easily the one I look forward to the most each week. I enjoy hearing your opinions or and your recommendations. Week. Without them, I would have missed out on Geometry Wars Galaxies, Beta Vader's Extreme, which were not on my radar until you talked about them. I also discovered the website and forums and check them every day." Anyway, here's my question. With 2008 winding down, which title that came out on Wii or DS this year did you feel didn't get the attention it deserved? Hmm. As feature editor, I'm going to abstain from answering this question because it's a category in our games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest nightmare the features editor has to face every year. Conflict of interest. Um, I would definitely suggest Boom Blocks. Didn't get the yeah, attention it deserved one. from EA mm, from or a certain, gamers. Yeah, from certain points of view, I mean, it certainly got the the positive reviews and all that sort of thing. But yeah. yeah. Well, but, what mean, about uh, like World of Goo? Do you think? Do you think World of Goo it, for the quality of it? Do you think that it's really gotten the the kind of precedence? Say World attention? of Goo again, John. World of Goo. Exactly. World of Goo. Exactly. <laughs> I I think the the biggest obstacle for World of Goo being a big commercial success is the lack of penetration for WiiWare. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think the average Wii, Wii owner doesn't even know what WiiWare is, yeah. and they certainly haven't gone through there and browsed through the selection of games, and they don't know which ones are good and which ones aren't. Um, I'll give you a hint, most aren't. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Roll dice, been odds a, are, whichever one you just picked, not good. <laughs> it's an uneven selection, but World of Goo is absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know, I mean, I I know that they're, you know, I, you have to think that with them releasing World of Goo in Europe uh, as a download title, maybe that's related to the success of it in America. I mean, maybe they kind of made enough money selling it that the they... P- uh, well, yeah, because obviously the whole thing with that originally was to get funding. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether perhaps if they've got a bit more money now that they can afford sort of... Um, not really buy out, but to readjust their agreement with the European publisher, and also maybe the European publisher just settled for a percentage of the downloads from Europe or something. And if yeah. if, if it looks like it, there will be a significant amount of revenue from that, then maybe they're happy with it. So it could be a good sign. Yeah. Or, or it might be that they felt like the price point they would be able to sell it at was such that it would not be profitable to. Yeah, I mean retail. Yeah, copies. I mean retail Wii games is it's, it's tough. It's pretty tough to sell actually. I think that in the current environment, there's just so much. I mean, it's a very crowded right. market. Exactly. Very crowded with shovelware in uh, Europe too. Yeah, uh, it's as if it's not in North America as well. Well, I, I mean, we've already discussed how bad it is in Europe. Uh, I'd be more, I don't know. I guess I'd have to. I don't. It's it's depends what circles you're talking about. Like Europe is the home of Kokotel. 
<laughs> the fishing with, master. With, with regards FYI. to the with regards to the question, uh, you know, the, it depends what circles you're talking about. So with boom blocks, I got plenty of you know in the critical circles, there was a lot of you know attention paid to it, and the, you know, right. this is really good and all. Um, and I, I guess kind of so. I mean, you know, Bangayo is really good, but that got plenty of attention in the circles you'd expect. So I don't know right. whether I'd say it was that deficient in attention, but I assume it sold. Virtually nothing. <laughs> I can only assume that's true. I think in the case of Boom Blocks, the biggest offender in it not getting attention is EA for yeah, marketing oh, it. Oh, in the oh most definitely. Stupid yeah. mannerism I've ever seen a game marketed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it honestly no, no, felt like they had no idea how to sell this game. Yeah, they put it out to die. Yeah, I mean, Which is sad. Just at, I mean, I mentioned this when we were discussing it. Just looking at the cover art, it looks like shovelware. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 this must be like, can we have the, can we have the ding sound for the number of ding. times you've mentioned the cover? <laughs> there's like, there's like a monkey flying. Out oh God, it's there. like deja vu. Stop, <laughs> stop talking about the box. <laughs> that uh, look, it, you can't say that that didn't hurt the game. It might well have done, but you've already made that sodding point. Shut up. But I have to remind the listeners. <laughs> you have Never to remind forget. the listeners what, what the listeners that have got Alzheimer's. What? Come on, carve that into stone. Put it, put it <laughs> Just, somewhere. All right, a, a graven bo- image of the cover. <laughs> a moonblocks monument. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> that fucking, I think um, that fucking monkey. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I think this game that I just reviewed, the Spider-Man game for DS, probably isn't going to get the the attention it deserves because people are going to lump it in with all the console versions, which are okay, are, you know, good, like good matches. at best. Um, and I think this is actually – I haven't played the console versions, but from everything I've read, it sounds like it's actually the best of the lot. Yeah, I think, so. I think that's pretty consistent with what I've seen. I mean, it could well be kind of the reverse of Boom Blocks. It says that it may well sell because of the license, because of the name. You know, yeah, pretty I well, so. but but in in the critical circles, even though it gets good reviews, it's still kind of like not paid a lot of attention because it's right. just because, another I mean, licensed game. Right, there's not a lot of press play given to the DS version of it. Yeah, I mean, if you read reviews, they're good, but it's not like an event because it's just another licensed game. It's one of several versions of a licensed game. You know, it's never going right. to make any big headline. You know, I mean, the biggest headline it can make is that it's surprisingly good. Um, yeah. yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, what what about a non what what if we went from like a more traditional Wii game? More I'm fishing for nominees here, people. Give me something. Yeah, well, more tra- more traditional. Well, something not like Bloombox or, or World of World of Goo, but like a more traditional what we're used to as like 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 Rayman game. Raving Rabbits TV Party. I'm not sure that one's really going to be over appreciated or, or well. Or in that case, they sort of shot themselves in the foot by like you can play it with your ass. Well, which is appropriate because the first game was ass. <laughs> no, they. That, that's a great gimmick that they've put on that one. I mean, it's something to actually differentiate it, which the second one lacked. So, um, I don't, I don't begrudge. Like, that. There's I think an it's awful a lot of balance of the boards hardware. out there at this point. You know, it sold yeah. something like yeah. nine million copies, uh, in, and that's excluding the first few months of Japan. So it's got to be more than ten million worldwide. So yeah. this is this may be a weird choice, but I think um, Smash. I think Smash Brothers might not get the attention it deserves at the end of the year because well, to me it's so year. easily <laughs> it's so easily forgotten yeah, yeah it was, it was like really... I, I feel like I, it's been so long since I played it yeah um, I don't even think about it anymore I don't even think about it as being a 2008 game yeah. and when it comes time to vote for game of the year or whatever I feel like even though I enjoyed it so much when I first got it 
I probably w- it probably won't be a strong contender. Well, it's, for me it's interesting though because I mean I'm one of these people that's still playing and been playing it regularly. But there's plenty of evidence that there's a lot of people out there like that, like um, what I've mentioned before, Tatillo running the numbers on the Nintendo Channel stuff. Smash mm-hmm. Brothers is just so ridiculously out in front in terms of the usage, and it's still growing steadily even to this day. Where were we talking like nine months? I mean, it's out? not even any good online. Nine, nine, well, yeah, because not people aren't playing it online. I'm sure. I mean, they. May, they I mean, I've had some decent. They're just games playing online. it. Period. Oh, okay. But but yeah, this is just the, yeah. the, the stats go online, but these are not online stats. These oh, okay. Are, you know, the, the, these are just of its usage that you know that then gets uploaded to the Nintendo channel and Totillo's breaking them down. And the point is that its life is way beyond anything else on Wii. So there's a lot of yeah. people... For, I mean, for me, I was a regular Melee player right up until the end, and this kind of seamlessly slipped in, sort of like the end of The Shining. You've always been the caretaker here, Mr. Torrance. You know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so Smash Brothers was always Brawl, you know? <laughs> At this point. But yeah. um, it feels like Brawl was much more publicly talked about after its initial lifespan. Well, like, you mean Melee? Like there's, not, you... there's not a lot of chatter about... I don't know. I, I mean, feel Melee like was Brawl more, was, more was talked about after so heavily hyped game. before. I mean, the marketing yeah. for Brawl yeah. was so brilliant. Yeah. They know they knew not only how to announce the game to get to get all the traditional gamers, all the old school fans of Melee and the original game excited, but how to maintain that excitement up to the day it, it launched yeah. with these daily update. Every single weekday, they do these updates, even when they're shitty. It's just like it's constantly in your mind oh, yeah. every day. I, I, that was my ritual. Was what yeah, did they announce absolutely. today? Yeah, and, I used to stay up late, and they, it would come out at like three, 3 a.m. my time. I yeah. would stay up late yeah. and go to work the next morning, just dead tired. <laughs> it was kind of exactly. Yeah, it was kind of I did the same in the morning here, but yeah, but it was like 1 a.m. your time, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I feel the reason I feel a little underwhelmed by the the reception after it was released is just because there's no way it could have matched the the crazy no, um, intensity nuts. of the hype before it released. Yeah. I mean, there's just nothing they could have done oh, to maintain sure. that. I mean, I guess the thing, and that, especially that, I in think... my mind, not having like a regular group. Like most of the people, the local people who who play games that I know don't really like Smash Brothers for some reason, and so mm-hmm. I haven't had any kind of like perpetual opponent. Yeah. Um, but I do have a friend coming to visit over Thanksgiving, and he loves Melee. Yeah, I don't think he's played Brawl at all, but he's definitely yeah. going to want to try it. And if he gets into it, we may end up playing a shitload of, of I mean, Brawl if, if over I, the right. holidays. And I haven't touched it in six What's months. What's the worst Brawl so, control scheme? The worst? Probably, yeah. we might Probably. on its own, really. It's a bit... Yeah, Give him that one. Yeah. Give him that one. This is all I got, man. You have to play it like this. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess if I had to nail down the legacy of Brawl, it's just that, you know, someone would still play Melee right up to it regularly, and then obviously you go through the phase where it's like, oh, wow, all the new stuff, and you're discovering it and all that. But once you settle into just playing it regularly again, there is the fact that it is, for me, significantly more fun than Melee, just to play and play and play. After the novelty's worn off, and you've seen everything loads and loads of times, the the new items, the, the, the balancing... And the visuals, even I, I, I really think the the visual improvement's been undersold. People say, "Oh, it looks exactly like Melee." It does not look exactly no, it like doesn't. Melee. It's a no, it looks way a lot better. better. It's yeah. an awesome. I mean, that's yeah. just yeah. total nonsense. I'll I'll give you that it's more fun, but I don't think it's going to have the same legacy as Brawl did. I mean, as uh, Melee did. Well, well Melee obviously I think its legacy more... has been really soiled by the online problems. Yeah, that's, the online's that's a big a, part the, of the, it the for me. Is I, I mean, that, that's such a shame. I wanted to play it online so bad, yeah. and it's 
it's just the online experience is so atrocious that it really sours the game and it kind of makes me forget how good the game is aside from the online mode. Yeah. Because I don't really get a chance, I don't really have a reason to play it outside of the online mode because, again, I don't have a roommate anymore, so I don't have somebody well, that's where, to play it with every that's single afternoon the, when the I get home. The if the online had been really good, was so enormous. Yeah, which, oh, what I I think, which is what I think a lot of us were, were banking on, really. Like yeah, that was yeah, yeah I was kind of banking on it too. It's just a massive missed opportunity, and it makes me so sad. But it doesn't mean the game is bad. No. Obviously, it's a great game, but it's it's not a game that I'm playing anymore because the online doesn't work. And yeah, that's why I. It's probably the biggest. And James, write this down for your awards feature. It's probably the biggest disappointment for me all year. Oh, that one's already um, won. Is mm-hmm. I'm not even allowed to It's how for bad it. the online is because. It just, it, it could have really, ch- I mean, it, I would probably be playing it every single day, even today, if if the online yeah, actually worked. It's, it's true, it is, and, uh, it's, 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 it's an so enormous sad. missed opportunity, but I still think, I still think you've got a point that in some sense, you know, that for so, there's such a great disparity between the build-up and then the aftermath of in terms of the attention it's been getting, and timing is an issue with Game of the Year. I guess Resident Evil 4 came out like early, and that maintained its sort of uh, esteem. Mm-hmm throughout yeah. that year because it was so good. Yeah, like But I, it didn't have broken online. <laughs> well, obviously yeah. not. That's the thing. I mean, online. it didn't have anything to tarnish that image and Brawl does, unfortunately. I think that's that's kind of the difference, but I think I think um, it also it, it got it kind of got caught up in a bunch of other really big games that sort of come in and sort of pushed over top of it. Well, Mario Kart, and yeah, then came in sort of after. Wii Fit. Yeah. Well, sales the terms, they certainly, um, you know, they've gone, as well as Brawl sold, it's already sold as well as Melee, which was the best-selling mm-hmm. GameCube game, and that had a yeah. long that had a long tail for a GameCube game, really. It was oh, the, yeah. The only it ca- it did. just kept it was, selling. Um, but, it was the halo of GameCube. But, but Mario Kart, I mean, it was and, still selling. Mario Kart and Wii Fit have already kind of taken it out to the woodshed. And, uh, so, yeah. Oh, you know, Mario Kart is probably going to be the best-selling game of the year on any platform. It, yeah, That's probably. It, it seems like it could be it's the best-selling s- game on the system. I mean, if you eliminate Wii it, Sports with it, the sort of you know pack-in factor. I well, I think Wii Play is probably. Oh yeah, well that too. If you eliminate seller, but... that as well, the pack-in like with the controller, obviously it's it's got a wheel, but you know that that's a bit. So it's not that dissimilar, but it's just insane how well it continues to sell. It's so. I mean, I, I get it in Europe because there's a big driving game thing here, so it's like this weird like um, bridge between the two, like the family driving game. It's like two kind of really immensely commercially successful genres, like family party games and driving games, kind of into one with the whole Wii phenomenon. I get, it. but I'm surprised at just how robust it's doing in America. I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, it just sells and sells and yeah. sells. It's, it was in the MPD yeah, well, top ten last month, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I every mean, it's, month. it's still yeah. in the t- it's, it's, it's in the it's, top ten. It's era the every polar week, opposite but. of Smash Brothers because the online is so good in Mario Kart, but the game itself, I don't really have much interest in playing anymore. Mm. Even though I could, you know, I could I could be playing that every single day online. It works extremely well. I just don't care to. I just don't. You know, I'm done with it. Yeah, um, sure. Anyway, we we really got to move on, but it's a great question, uh, Greg from Virginia Beach, and uh, I want to welcome you to our website and to our podcast. And uh, I'm really glad you found it through iTunes. It's good to hear that people are finding us through iTunes and that that's being effective. And uh, I just want to say, for for not only you, Greg, but everybody else listening, uh, we would greatly appreciate if you have access to iTunes, um, going on there and writing a review of the podcast because it helps people like Greg 
find the podcast and convinces them to actually check it out. Yeah. So uh, we, we have a lot of great reviews from over the years where people have left on there. If you haven't written a review, um, we'd really appreciate it if you took a couple minutes to do that. It would be great. All right, Mr. Lindemann. All right, Sophia writes, what is the most disturbing or scary thing you've encountered in a game that was unexpected considering the type of game it was, like a Mario game? That fucking shark in Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good question. I don't know. I meant to think about this ahead of time. Yeah, it's kind of tricky. I don't it's know, the kind of thing you have to rack your memory. Well, there's um the piano too. The uh, oh the yeah, piano. the ghost house that in Mario yeah, 64. Yeah. Fuck that piano. That's a good one. That was that was that was definitely the eerie, most eerie ghost house in a Mario game, the 64 one. The music was quite sort of oppressive and yeah, and that crazy little carousel at the bottom and all. It was all kind oh, of yeah. Weird. Yeah, that was that was. I mean, I, disturbing I is probably stretching it, but you know, it was, it was it was more so than like the ones in Mario World. Well, I wouldn't call it scary, but there are a couple disturbing things in the Pikmin games. Um, <laughs> so I, there's one, you know, actually, do you remember? I think it's in the first Pikmin that sort of like ostrich. Yes. Eel thing that ground. comes out yeah. of the ground yeah. scares the shit out of me. It's like really difficult to kill, and yeah, it kind of oh, pops up out of nowhere. Yeah, they're. It's probably the hardest enemy they in the just game. Come out of nowhere. Just I I seem to remember there's almost like something about the sound effects it makes that are really kind of creepy and like unexpected. I don't know. It there there was another thing in Pikmin. I think there was one time I killed an enemy and I actually felt bad after I killed it <laughs> because there was yeah. something about Sorry. the way it died, like the animation or the sound it made when it died, and I was like, wow, that's kind of like I feel bad for killing that thing now. Well, yeah. I'm not sure I would call it scary or disturbing, but definitely unexpected. We've talked about it before. Is the ending in Wind Waker? Yes. Yeah. Jam the sword yeah. right into his head. Yeah, I was like, whoa! Yeah. That's more shocking. That's kind of out of. Yeah. That's kind of unexpected. It's very violent. <laughs> how like, many people? How many people listening to this saw that and then went over to the game box to check the ESRB rating? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. It is pretty pretty jolting. Yeah, that's a great that's a great example. Yeah, I, I get one weird. It's not very scary or disturbing, but the whole Rosalina thing in Galaxy was kind of weird. Like it was kind of really sad. Like more yeah. sad than I would have yeah. thought. Yeah. That basically, her mother died and she went into space and kind of died herself, but was reborn as this galactic ageless thing. It's kind of yeah, when you think about kinda, it, when you think about it, it's there. kind of grim. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I know for me, for for my money, I would include just all of Choaniki, the entire goddamn game. This <laughs> <laughs> is very. Yeah, that should be fully expected. <laughs> game of the year, downloadable content. Choaniki. Exactly. Yeah, but, I guess other uh, Zelda about, stuff. Oh, like, other uh, Zelda stuff. Yeah, like, actually, how about the mask salesman in Majora's yeah, Mask? He's yeah, weird. He, he, that he dude that weird, is so like, creepy. Um, he has that staccato thing where he suddenly changes like position. Like, yeah. Without animation. Yeah. Well, the camera angles are great on him because the camera really makes him a lot scarier than he would be otherwise. It's not scary, but unsettling. I think. Yeah, is they probably do these the like best thing. I mean, there's something on his face. There's something off about him, and the way he talks to you, it's like yeah, very affection, affection. It, it like inappropriately affectionate yeah, the way he he's kind talks of to Link. Creepily chirpy. Um, you know, yeah. Like obviously, the way with the, it's very limited animation, but the way they kind of sell it with that. And do you remember the guy who is turned into a Gibdo and his daughter is trying to? Sort oh of yeah, save him? that is that is really messed up. That's quite. Well, how about the bug the girl in Twilight Princess? The, the bug princess. 
Oh, she yeah, creeps that. the shit out of me. There's yeah, some other um, stuff in Twilight. Agatha. It's almost like the, 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 one of the big cutscenes um, early-ish in the game about power and like uh, Ilya's eyes turning white and she's going to stab Link but basically kills her first and then runs towards the Triforce and then there's upside down <laughs> Ilya's floating through the air laughing at you and it's a bit yeah, David Lynch. She's having bit. a nightmare and they don't really explain why he had the nightmare or, or what it means. It's just... <laughs> kind of freaky yeah. yeah um but yeah i'm gonna go with the gibdo in the closet because that that was messed up mm. because that mm. really just came out of nowhere she's got her dead father in the closet well, you can, you can undead, save him her, though right you turn you use the, you can, the song yeah. of healing and you turn him into a you know take the mask you know the, the gibdo away as a mask and then he's okay right but it did it did sort of just like what in the hell yeah, this kind of sums up sort of Majora's Mask. It's kind of quirky. Yeah, Majora's and Mask was a very It's kind dark of quirky name. and funny, but it's melancholy and kind of disturbing. Yeah, there's, like the whole, there's like kind of a lot of black comedy in Majora's yeah, Mask. Yeah, the, the whole thing with the couple, with the way he was turned into a little boy, that was that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was unusually... Man, was, that is a weird game. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. It was actually very story-driven for a Zelda game at that time, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And it, yeah. it wasn't yeah. just one story, either. There was a lot of stories driving a uh, larger plot, which is something that I don't think they've done in any game from Nintendo since, or before. I, I still think Majora's Mask is the best Zelda game. Yeah, see, I have I find it difficult to reconcile with some of the other ones in terms of if you want dungeons, you know, obviously it's not going to give it to you. So in some no. ways, even though it's a Zelda game, obviously it's really similar to Ocarina of Time, I find they give me different things, and therefore comparing them in some sort of direct way see, is almost I, I impossible like... for me. It's incommensurable, you know, it's like apples and oranges. Kind of almost. It seems weird to say about something that's from the same franchise, but I really feel that it is that different in a way. It is yeah. very different. See, I feel yeah. like the game was almost designed in a way of saying, "Look how versatile the game world we built for Ocarina of Time is." Yeah, they just look did at what, what we can do with it. it. Yeah. Well, I guess do we move on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, James, you have the next question, please. All right. So, Austin writes. Something I've noticed increasingly creeping into reviews these days is the concept of comparative reviews, which we just did. Where the reviewer seems to delight in docking points or mocking the game, not because the game itself is unenjoyable, but because they either feel it didn't evolve the genre or, in the case of franchise games, evolve the franchise, or stack up against similar games in the same, same genre. Do you feel this is a reasonable way to approach reviewing the process, or should critics review games as singular experiences, independent of any other work? Well, I mean, what say you reviews editors? Well, <laughs> I think it, a lot of times, and I, I see this in some of the reviews that are submitted for our site. You kind of walk a fine line because I always tell people, you know, because there are, there are some people on site who um, they they routinely say, well, you know, you could play, you know, this game sucks. The one, the one that they happen to be reviewing, they'll say this game sucks. You really should be playing this game or that game. And while that is true, well, the thing is that while that is true, I tell them, review the game for what it is, not what it isn't. So, I think that... I mean, just... just, There's there's a tension. There's a tension there because, obviously, on the one hand, you would like to see something reviewed on its own merits. Um, Yeah. And and for people who have not played... Or lack thereof. Yeah, whatever there is contained (laughs) therein. And, you know, people may not have the same context as you, so speaking Mm -hmm. to them exclusively in that context is not going to help them. It's not going to be informative to them. So Mm -hmm. you need to take a step back and review it sort of straight down the line to, you know, to a pretty 
great extent in order to you know be able to connect with as many and be useful for as many people as possible but on the other hand there's going to be a lot of people that do have a similar context and therefore if one were to eliminate those kinds of comparisons entirely if you're able to make them then you're not really serving those people as well as you could because there is an opportunity cost with buying games and they might like to know well if i'm going to buy one of these which one should it be and therefore the comparison is relevant it's informative and it's useful so well, i just think it's, i just think you have to be able to separate them you know well, you, and, and explain it and explain it as fully as possible and so which is just one more reason why you know in the end of the day you have to read the text because if someone says well this is all well and good but i'm giving it a six because it's not as good as this game that game or the other game then some people, if you just look at the six, might not realise why it's getting that score and may sort of infer things from that that aren't really you know, valid. Whereas if you read the text and you can understand the reasons for the score, you may still be able to say to yourself, this is something worth buying for me. And then even though it wasn't a glowing review, it was informative to you in making a purchase decision. Well, yeah, see, well, I think that's just it. As writers for this site, our job is to inform our readers. And... In some cases, that might mean bringing up things that aren't directly related to the review, like another game in the same genre. Mm-hmm. No, knowing full well that the reader might not know about this game you're mentioning. You might be men- bringing this game up for the first time to the reader, and by comparing it to the game you're reviewing, they might say, oh, well, this, some of the elements here sound interesting to me, but they say this game's better. Maybe I should go research this game. You're giving the reader the opportunity Yeah, I mean, that's information too, but I mean, I think... You can't. I think the main thing is just not to be too leveraged on it. I think it's perfectly yeah. valid, but as long as you sort of separate it out a bit and try and assess well, yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, uh, imagine trying fully. to review the um, what, what's the name of the that Disney published monster collecting game? Um, Spectrobes. Spectrobes. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine trying to review Spectrobes without using the context of Pokemon. Exactly, it doesn't work. You can't do it. it I think it's totally fair in that case because it is essentially a Pokemon. Yeah, clone. when you talk about close yes. substitutes, so, I mean, so you, you know. Well, at, again, at that it, point, at that point, it becomes okay. It's a Pokemon clone, but is it a good Pokemon clone? Well, I think at that right. point you have to and say that's, what does that's it do where that you Pokemon examine it on its merits. And I think yeah. you do have to mention that in the review. I think. Yeah. You, well, the and the other thing is, if it is a good Pokemon clone, is that good enough? Yes. Is that worth? Mm. Is it even worth playing? Yeah, I mean, just does, because does it, it clones another game, exist. well, it, does it do something that Pokemon doesn't that makes its existence worthwhile? Yeah. Right. And you have to be comparative in order to answer that question. Yeah. And a lot of people are going to read the review and they're going to want that answer. I think it's pretty much entirely valid as long as it's fully explained. You know, it's just like rather Mm. than just, well, this game's whatever because it's not as good as this at the end. You know, that's 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 the real problem that I have is is if someone said, "Uh, this game sucks just because it's not Pokemon. Well, and then then in some cases. Nothing is Pokemon, you know? It's like you can't you can't take the best game in a genre and say everything else sucks just because it's not that game. Yeah, and of course some people who may be so entirely in love with a certain genre that you know they don't want to just play the best one. They mm-hmm. if there's one that's not quite as good but they want to experience it, they will not want to know whether it's worth experiencing in that sort of site. So some sort of at some point stepping back as much as one can, and obviously it's very difficult in certain cases to assess its sort of absolute quality such as you can, it is worth doing, you know, just just provide as much context and perspective as you can. And I think the real danger, though, is, is where you get some of these non-sequitur comparisons. For instance, people invoking WarioWare when they're reviewing WarioLand Shake. 
that's irrelevant. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. the people. Yeah. Do, I've I read these reviews. I've read, and it's like that's irrelevant. And if that's yeah. influencing your score, then and you know what what that that part uh, of it really i mean you know that I think that is the polar opposite though, to the oh it is but there are others like for instance yeah. yoshi touch and go comparisons with yoshi's island or whatever again irrelevant it's a high score game that's like comparing metroid prime pinball to metroid prime it's yeah. ridiculous <laughs> hey, hey if metroid prime pinball had been contained in the original metroid prime i would have beaten it uh, okay what you would have? Why would that have changed whether you beat it? Because I got bored of Metroid Prime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did, you your, beat, oh, did you beat? Did you beat? Did you beat Metroid NES? <laughs> yes. Well, that was unlockable, and um, but you see what I mean. The point is, with these close substitutes, is one thing, but it's sometimes for whatever reason, and maybe it's the reviewer's own personal context, or it's some facile nonsense. You get comparisons which are not pertinent, and then that really does. Un- then you're left saying, "Well, hang on a minute. What is this review worth? If his frame of reference is so entirely divorced from the actual game itself, then then what, what's the point of it?" But see, I well, think let the- me go back to the question that that Austin asked because there was another part of it where he's talking about comparing the game to other games that came before in the same franchise and basically criticizing it because it doesn't do anything new. Madden. I think it's it's an interesting question. Yeah, Madden. Um, it's an interesting question, and a lot of it comes down to the personal preference of the reviewer because if the reviewer is the kind of person who really just kind of wants a fresh coat of paint on the same old thing, um, you know, maybe that's fine with that reviewer, and maybe there are a lot of people who read the review who basically are looking for the same thing. Then again, I think it's totally valid for, say, if I reviewed a Madden game, um, I would probably say, you know, that's a that's a bad example because I haven't played Madden in years, yeah. but if I played Madden every year, if I was very well versed in the Madden lore, and I got the brand new one, and it's pr- pretty much exactly the same thing with a different year on the, on the box, and, roster and I said, you know, I'm giving this a bad score because it's the same thing. I mean, IGN did this with their uh, with their Winter Olympics 3D hockey review on N64, yeah. um, where it, it, it came out six months after Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. It was exactly the same thing, except they changed the colors on the uniforms and they changed the title of the game. It's <laughs> the same fucking game, yeah. and IGN gave it a zero. And the text of their <laughs> review was, we, the text of the review was, we'll write a new review when Midway makes a new game. <laughs> and yep. I absolutely agree with them. I mean, if you've already played the other one, and you play this new one, and it does nothing new, I mean, that's an extreme example, but even backing off that, if there's just nothing new and you are bored, then it then you didn't like the game, and you should score it that way. Yeah. You should review it that way. Forget scores. I mean, you should basically say, this game bored me. I've played this before. Well, that is a completely legitimate criticism. And, and as a reviewer, you're trying to advise the public on buying the game. Well, if someone bought the last iteration That's part of, of game, your job, yes. And this, this yeah. newest iteration does nothing different, you should warn them. This game does nothing di- different. Save your goddamn money. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you also have to spell out what kind of reviewer you are when we touched on that. You know, yeah. I mean, if if you if you are a Madden hardcore, say that you know, or if you're brand new to this series, because I know that like there's been some games that I've given Greg, where he's been completely new to the series, and that's totally Hurry fine. Up, said, yeah, well, <laughs> no. I, I think of that. that John one, didn't uh, give me that though. No, 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 get him, no. Get him in, he took that bullet get him himself. With the Hague or something. Well, I was <laughs> the one I'm thinking of is that uh, it's Final Fantasy uh, Tactics the, A2. 
Yes, the Grimoire of the Rift or whatever it was. Yeah. And that game, Gray had never played one of those games before, I don't think. No, I'd and never I played said, a Final Fantasy fine. game, and I'd never played a turn-based strategy game. <laughs> so yeah. it was a double and, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and, wow. and that was completely fine with me, just as long as he told people that. Because then they know where he's mm-hmm. coming from. Sorry, turn-based RPG, right. I've played Advance Wars, and so it's not quite that bad, but... Yeah. Where is, if I had reviewed that game, I would have probably got, taken a completely different approach to it, because yeah. I did play the first Final Fantasy Tactics uh, Advance and you on GBA. Yeah, you I one, didn't right? really like it that much on GBA, and it sounds like the DS version is pretty much exactly the same thing. Mm, just, yeah. But you know, obviously, with that's new missions just something and it's a few I years later. That's just, and that's something that's informative for people that like this kind of game. Of course. Play, that's why it's good to have multiple perspectives, you know. Yeah. People reviewers have different backgrounds just like the readers do. Yeah, it's it's impossible wish... for me to channel that knowledge and experience of that game into, you know, what this is doing. Um so yeah, that that's but that I mean that's why it's always best to read multiple reviews also and hopefully sufficiently enough of them will be well articulated that you'll get this sort of breadth of perception. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's why I wish, uh, you know, certain reviewers, you know, I wish that they would have kind of spelled out what sort of player they are when they were reviewing Wii Music, you know? I mean, I, I just think yeah, that's, I a, that. that's, that's a title where it's like, mm. if you're like, yeah, I'm a complete hardcore Rock Band 2 player, and I think that Wii Music is absolute crap. Well, I think you should let people know that, because so they know where, they, where you're coming from. But see, none yeah. of our reviews did that, though. Our reviews didn't go out there and say this game's absolute crap. Oh, no, no, we were not ours. I, mean, I don't mean ours. Oh, okay, yeah, because ours actually went out there, and I think Nick did a review, right? Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought well, ours I think were really Nick gave it even more uh, than fair I don't shape. think John Absolutely. was calling out anyone on staff. He was on about reviewers uh, in the wider gaming media. Yes, <laughs> the wider, let's just say the wider media. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, I thought our, our review of Wii Music was absolutely very heavy, very easy. Even very heavy-handed. Very heavy-handed. <laughs> I was getting my terms mixed up. Sorry, but even-handed or even lax, I might say, based on what I played of it. But I definitely probably would have gone a different direction. Oh, snaps. If I had reviewed Wii, Wii Music, because from what I played of it, I didn't like it at all. But you know, I'm glad that I'm glad that Nick got some pleasure out of it, obviously, and hopefully that speaks to some people. It does sound to me like an extensive experience in the sense that it's not something that's necessarily that immediate uh, of a right. game. So, I, I mean, uh, obviously I've, it doesn't interest me whatsoever. Um, however good it would have been, I don't think it would have interested me, but it seems to me that it's that kind of game where it's kind of over a longer period with friends mucking around, sort of feedback, kind of yeah. some sort of mutual thing going on uh, over a longer period. It's it, it's just it's not good. I, I couldn't imagine it's got like instant playability like a, a rhythm game because it's not a rhythm right. game. Like, like Wii Sports? Oh yeah, or like Wii Sports or, or yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean Wii Music really is very different from the other Wii sort of branded games. Wii underscore. Yeah, I, I, I really think it is and um, there was something very interesting actually in one of Chris Kohler's articles about it was called Miyamoto Struggles to Sell the Inscrutable Wii Music Game. Um, yeah, and the was, sales have not been that great. They've not been that great, and it's actually getting outsold week on week now in a Japan by Rhythm Tengoku Gold, which obviously has a way <laughs> bigger hardware uh, install right. base to work with, but it came out in July, and it's already sold a million yeah. copies, and yet it's now selling more on a week-to-week basis than that. But apparently, um, so the composer... Was it a Totake, um, the guy that did the you know sort of um, Animal Crossing music and all that sort of stuff? Uh, he oh. he directed the game, even though he has no video game directing experience at all. What the? F- 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, interesting. I just thought it was really interesting. It's in this story, and it hasn't really been widely reported. I just think it's fascinating that, that, that Miyamoto said, basically, you know, well, I thought he could make the transition from composer to director quite smoothly, and it was actually a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Well, hmm. I mean, I think that also comes to the fact the team making that game had, what, four projects on its plate at one time? Well, I don't know. See, I don't know whether it was that team. Well, I mean, the producer... Iguchi was a producer. Yeah, but he wasn't the producer, because apparently he had Tezuka and Miyamoto all working on it in the similar sort of capacity, assisting... Yeah, yeah Iguchi is definitely kind of an over oversight kind of guy. I mean, he's used to managing multiple projects. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah, but yeah, still... So. Wii Music is something that was in development in one form or another since yeah. at least early 2006, so it's not like they were on a crunch schedule yeah, here. Yeah, it seems now that it was more like it really it did, they didn't just wait or that it was just troubled. I mean, that's what it sounds yeah. like, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, it does. I mean, it seems like they kind of slogged through it and they probably had to up in the tea table a couple times until they finally came up with an idea that they could actually finish. Um, but I, just I don't think, know. I to just me, think it's that's fascinating that you'd actually put someone in charge of you know what has proven to be like their big holiday title is made by someone who's never made video games before. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised Miyamoto would do that because that's basically how Miyamoto got started. Yeah. He oh, was sure, yeah. a staff artist. But normally they they directed. But normally they kind of make the the, the progress slower than that. Like Koizumi. It worked on manuals, as we said a couple of weeks ago, for Link to the Past and stuff, and he gradually kind of worked to the point that he's directing Mario Galaxy. But that yeah. didn't happen. Right, and, and Onuma took over the Zelda series yeah. kind of gradually. He was, he was like, a design, he was like a, one of the lead guys on Ocarina but in, in the design area, but then he became director mm-hmm. on Majora's Mask and ever since. So there was a bridge And there. went apeshit crazy. Yeah, but there was a bridge there. <laughs> did his best there's work, no bridge here. It's just like, oh, you, you've, you've just you know composed music for, like I think, Yoshi's Story and... Animal Crossing and you know, a lot a lot of Nintendo games, but and then now he's directing a game. It's very odd, I think. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, we need to move on to the last question. Um, this one is from my good friend Kevin here in Colorado. And Kevin writes, when will we see Wiimote head tracking in a game? I heard that they had a head tracking demo set up at TGS. Have any of you guys ever tried this out? Nope. Have you? Well, none of us went to TGS. Well, so. yeah, but no, but you, you, could you just, can set you it up do on, like, um, you, know, you can house. have like, was it like those LED goggles, right? You just have like a pair of glasses with the like mm-hmm. the equivalent of the sensor bar well, hanging off the side, and then the Wii remote is set stable, and then so right. and th- so basically what you do is like gluing the sensor bar to your head, and then if you move your head, <laughs> yeah. then that then it interprets it from that. Yeah, I haven't tried this myself, but I've I've seen a video on YouTube or something about it, and the, this guy kind of, he programmed a demo to show it off, and then he made like this helmet that had LEDs on it, yeah. um, you know, to to replace the sensor bar. And it, it is weird because, you know, you're basically, you're putting the remote at the TV or wherever you're looking at, and then um, you're putting the sensor bar on your person, so you for whatever reason you have to kind of reverse the situation but it was really cool even on even watching a video of someone do it i could tell how cool it was um and you know boomblocks originally was supposed to have some yeah, that's head tracking right. mini game like built a... in and they took it out at the last minute that's weird yeah. isn't it that's... and i i bet nintendo told them don't do that 
because they didn't want people breaking their sensor bar or whatever or confusing people about how to use it. Yeah, yeah I guess. And, I mean, so. it wasn't yeah. like a major mode. It was just kind of a show off. I guess thing, it would have like been like a total put Easter egg. Like it would have been pretty hidden, yeah. and it would have been for for those in the know. They could have done it. Uh, you know, I don't think it. Would yeah, have. but I think Nintendo kind of said, you know, we don't want people doing that. I can and totally imagine weird, Nintendo being that way about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Yeah, they, they, uh, that's maybe entirely maybe feasible. they um. Maybe they just decided they couldn't find a way to put the little thing on the monkey's head on the box and decided to not. Oh, jeez, Louise! <laughs> I never want to be that again, ever. But I don't know. Don't you guys think this is one direction Nintendo could take with the next Wii or the next big control revolution in Wii? Because say, you know, say if they do the remote thing again with the, with Wii Two. But it's an upgraded remote. It has built-in Motion Plus or some advanced form of that, and it has a couple new features. And one, maybe one of the things it has is it has built-in LEDs in addition to the um, the the kind of camera infrared camera sort of thing yeah, that it has now. I mean, yeah, if so maybe it kind of is a bi-directional system, and then your sensor bar is not only a couple of infrared LEDs out on the side, but then in the middle it has its own sort of infrared sensor, the same as the Wii remotes now do. So now they have a bi-directional system, and you can do it either way. And it'd be a fairly simple yeah. thing to just kind of tell, you know, give people a little thing they can attach the remote to themselves. And now they're now they've got head tracking with no extra hardware. Yeah, that I could guess, be a really cool the, the, show the, the, off the, thing. I mean, there's yeah, two things, isn't there? Just obviously they'd probably want some sort of flagship software ap- application for it in a game somewhere, mm-hmm. and then just the appropriate way of formalizing it. So it doesn't, you know, so it doesn't seem too kind of weird or intimidating or just sort of silly mm-hmm. um, and they could sort of get it right and then um, you know like you said if, if it's kind of if they feel that there wouldn't be that sort of unapproachability up to it and you know that they could then then maybe they'll do that because I mean the applications are really quite interesting although I suppose somewhat limited in terms of you know if you're moving your head around you have to stay looking at the telly when you're playing the yeah, or even if you move your whole body around, you know, there's a limited space that you have to work with. They don't know how big your room is that that you're doing this in, and you know, like if you move too far to the side, you can no, yeah, like you said, you're no longer able to see the TV. So, right. I mean, I think it it would have to be very fine tuned. It'd be for subtle movements, but the 3D effect of depth perception when you do head tracking is startling. And I would encourage our listeners if you have not seen one of these head tracking videos uh, of the demonstrations. You really owe it to yourself to go check this out. It's very cool. Very cool. Just go to YouTube and look up Wii Head Tracking and, and you'll find something on it. It's so cool. But is there a real gaming application for it? I don't know. I mean, what, I, mean I think there probably is, but... What kinds of games? I don't know though? what it would be. Like like a first-person shooter or something like that, or like an adventure game, or... I don't uh, know. It could it be. be I mean, maybe it's like an embellishment that you would add on to a kind of game that we're already familiar with, you yeah. know? Yeah, maybe it is like a first-person shooter where you're doing the primary camera movement by waving your remote around, but you have another remote on your little on your head. special kid helmet, and and that's for, like, peeking out around corners when you don't actually want to move your whole body. Yeah. That's just for controlling the character's head, yeah. independent God, of the body. Would, and which, So you don't have to use be, it all the time, yeah, that that but right it's, a, it's, it's like an extra feature. Yeah, you would, but I mean, it it could be really cool. And like I said, I mean, Nintendo might be able to find a a little more convenient way than attaching it to your actual head. But yeah, I don't Isn't know. I mean, image of like a Wii remote strapped to my forehead, sticking out. 
Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Well, I would, or maybe I would it's actually, uh, maybe it's like an earpiece stuck to his forehead, sticking. All right, out. think about this. Think about this. <laughs> Powder the, up there the, with the Xbox coming out like a unicorn's horn. <laughs> All right, but Xbox 360, it, it every single one of them, almost every single one, comes with this headset for Xbox Live. You could very easily put in a couple sensors yeah, um, yeah. in the top of a headset. It, that would be very inconspicuous, but we know, and it's the, it's the kind of thing that you might be wearing anyway while you're playing a but game. But we know Nintendo believes the microphone should be a communal experience. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, may, you know, maybe it doesn't even have a microphone. Maybe it's your head tracking headset, but it doesn't have to be this big bulky thing, you know. I no, mean, no, I'm because sure obviously the way it works now is just with the remote on the side, and you've just, you know, the 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 chap's got the little LEDs on his glasses, which is you know not much. I mean, I guess they could like formalize it with like a docking station or something, maybe like some sort of special mm. docking station to put it in you know, next to your telly to make sure it's sort of. You know, hold steady, and they just sort of say, "Yeah, well, you know, when you want to do head tracking, you put it in there, and then, then, then you, you just have the some sort of little like goggles, basically, with with LEDs on, and there you are." But I, I just yeah. struggled to see Nintendo because of first person kind of thing, and obviously, like first person things, not that big in Japan. How Japan centric <laughs> yeah. they are. It is I, an innately first person kind oh, of Oh, of, of course, and that. Yeah. Yeah. Part of it makes you think that if someone's going to be a trailblazer, it may well not be Nintendo. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is a very cool technology. Yeah, so. I mean, Nintendo itself is still a rather conservative company. Mostly. I mean, yeah. they, they, they've, they've been very successful with their somewhat more adventurous um, strategies. Yes, Iwata has but... made them a lot of money by occasionally rolling the dice. Well, you know, it's very much against the conventional wisdom to re-release a GameCube at small with a, with a new controller. But you know. oh, you're gonna get hate for that. <laughs> it's at least two to three times more powerful than the GameCube. Uh, with stick duct tape, to, stick it's... to your talking points. With duct tape, um, we we is about 1.5 times stronger, and that's in the that's in the technical documentation for Wii developers. I've read it. Mm-hmm. Nice. N- that's Nintendo's words. Wii is about one and a half times as powerful as. Game it is Game. more efficient though, but do they factor that in? It it has more efficient memory management. And yeah. It has more because RAM. Because I mean, yeah, I mean. Were, right, it's, it's much more efficiently built. Obviously, the form factor is yeah, much smaller, yeah, yeah. so they've they've shrunk all the components. And the point is that that was a bold decision from a certain point of view, um, and that's work. So may, maybe we shouldn't overstate their conservatism, but I just think that more the Japan-centric element. You know that this mm-hmm. was. You know, I believe their their primary motive with what they did with DS and Wii was about the Japanese market, and it's very nicely worked everywhere else. But that's that was the cradle, and obviously it's really worked in Japan because they're just annihilating everything in sight, um, and therefore something that's first-person centric is is just you know we know. I mean, apparently Mario Galaxy is too much for them or something. So I think you, you're you're out of luck there. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think it's interesting that you should say that because now that I think about it, when I think of all of the first-person games on the Wii, are, are there? I mean, they're all made by Western devs, aren't they? Like almost, almost all of yeah. them. Yeah, obviously Metroid Prime being in, in Texas. You uh, could say that for first-person games on any oh, system. Yeah, well, they are yeah, just more just popular in, in the West, uh, you know, and they have typically been yeah. developed by Western developers. But just because it's that way now doesn't mean it always has to be. I mean, no, if you look at, at the dawn of online gaming in Japan, it has exploded in the past couple of years with things like Monster Hunter. Um, and, 
you know, Nintendo is now left a little behind the curve when it comes to online games. Now that is the big thing in Japan, yeah. and Nintendo's not really doing anything to, to take advantage of that. So it may be the next thing after online games is first-person games. Maybe Japan finally decides that uh, this is cool. It's it's the new fad, yeah. right? And they sort of get accustomed to it, and it becomes now a part of their gaming um diet the way it, it already is outside of Japan. But I just it's think totally it's totally possible. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting, though, that, you know, like, we in the West, we look at the Wii and we're like, wow, this would be perfect for first-person shooters. But in Japan, <laughs> in Japan, they don't look at it that way. Well, yeah, because it's they're so, just not I, so, it's not so bothered about yeah. the genre in general, are they? Uh, and that's, yeah. and that, obviously, yeah, that obviously is a problem for the Western markets to some extent, because you know, if Nintendo's not driving something on the Wii, and then third parties, mm. you know, obviously the the uh, the third the first person shooter market does have a heavy overlap with people that appreciate graphics and online functionality. Um, then obviously they're going to be more inclined to explore it on the 360 and the PS3. That's why there has been yeah. this pretty big chasm for first person shooters on Wii up right. until now. Up until the conduit saves us all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. We need to wrap this show up. Um, thanks for great questions, you guys and uh, and girls. And um, we look forward to uh, doing this again next week with even more questions. And uh, you can send all of those to rfn at nintendoworldreport.com. And until next week, we will see you on forums. So long. Later. Bye. Is everybody here? No. Oh. I'm the only one here. Oh. Just me. You are not alone. I am here with you. You're here now. Though we're far apart, you're always in my heart. I don't need to hear that. <laughs> that is definitely not the stinger. <laughs> it's, it's Michael Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>